AM 790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next Water Fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Well, and good afternoon and welcome to Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island, your one-hour talk show and entertainment program here on AM790, your station for talk and business. Uh, we're here with you every Wednesday, bringing you a little bit behind the scenes uh, and into the Rhode Island signature event that has been setting the state on fire, literally, for nearly 20 years now. Um, so hello, everyone out there. I hope you're enjoying this incredible autumn weather that we're having. Um, it's a beautiful day out there, and I've got a really uh, fantastic show today. Um, we'll be speaking with the Reverend Dr. Richard Dannenfelser, who is a clinical psychologist, Presbyterian minister, Vietnam veteran, and 10-year water fire volunteer. Um, and he's going to be sharing his insights on the water fire event and his role as a volunteer, as well as his observations as to how water fire affects members of the community um, and his connection to the specific events such as the Water Fire Salute to Veterans. And then in the second half of the show, um, we'll be speaking with Ms. Barbara Haynes. Uh, she's the marketing manager of Cumulus Media in Providence. She's the president of the Rhode Island Broadcasters Association and the chair of the executive committee for the uh, Water Fire Salute to Veterans, which is right around the corner on November 8th, 2014. And uh, we'll have lots to talk to her about. The planning has been in process now for over a year um, to uh, pull together one of the largest celebrations of veterans in the southern New England area. So really looking forward uh, to the whole afternoon and the next hour with you. Um, but if we, before I even get into that uh, and talk to our first guest, I, I wanted to bring up um, and address a really brilliant op-ed piece. And I'm not sure if everybody out there was able to see it this morning, but it was published in the Providence Journal. And it was regarding the creative and cultural economy bond. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed, and it was funny, it, it was was even commented on television last night by, uh, I think, one of the, the big uh, political commentators was that with all of the big race for governor and the mayoral race is happening right now, a lot of the other issues, um, and they're very, very large uh, races, obviously, with lots going on, and I think I don't need to say any more than that, but a lot of the other issues, um, it's really hard to get the word out about what it is uh, else that we really can be voting on that might make a difference, and I thought that this this op-ed piece, which was written by Barnaby Evans, um, who everyone knows is the creator of Water Fire, as well as Ver Valerie Talmage, um, and she is the executive director of Preserve Rhode Island, really kind of puts, um, I guess, into perspective uh, what this Yes on Five is. And being one of the arts organizations that is part of this, it really breaks down how important the arts community is uh, and, and what an economic driver it is to our city and to our state. And it breaks down really how we really need to start investing and, and passing these different cultural bonds that would help us to invest in these arts organizations so that we can actually bring in some more revenue into our city and state. And, and it had a lot of just really phenomenal facts in it that I should probably be more aware of uh, just because of my role at Waterfire. But it's not only Waterfire, it's Trinity Rep. It's, it's places like the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket, all the way down to the chorus of Westerly, um, down in Westerly. There are so many, and AS220, uh, so many 
many incredible arts organizations here that bring in more than $200 million uh, to the Rhode Island economy. So that's quite a staggering number. And um, this bond, which uh, is a question number five, um, I think people should really research it because to me it seems like quite an investment in the community. And of course I'm a little bit biased because uh, I am so involved in the arts community. Um, but what it does is it, it would be a bond that um, is actually giving matching funds for construction and renovations and improvements to a bunch of different arts facilities as well as a $5 million um, budget for more state preservation grants. So there really doesn't seem to be any big risk in it, only good good investment. Um, and there were just really some staggering numbers when you looked at uh, what was put out there in the op-ed piece. I mean, if... We, if we were able to actually get some of the investment to invest in our in- infrastructures, we'd be able to create $47 million, million dollars annually in additional economic activity. That's a, that's a staggering amount. Um, and it would also trigger $35 million of additional matching funds. And it has the ability to increase annual state tax revenues by more than $2.4 million and creating thousands of jobs. And even with my experience at Waterfire, I know that when our Waterfire season is moving, um, I can talk to any of the hoteliers who will testify in any of the restaurants and a lot of local businesses that they end up hiring more people. And again, we, you know, we know that uh, Rhode Island's been fighting for jobs and we've been trying to boost our economy for a while. And one of the, we are a huge tourist destination. And I think it was only a week or two ago that we were voted number one city. Uh, I think that was in, I don't know whether there was in it wasn't National Geographic, but it was one of those. Um, it, was an, it was an amazing piece, and I'll find out where that was posted. But we were the number one city. That's Providence. Um, that was over New York, and that was for food and for culture. Um, so that, that, that was quite a, uh, a compliment. But um, that's all I really want to say is I, I hope people pick up the Providence Journal. Take a look at how the arts impact the city and maybe what that investment would mean to you and to our city and to our state at the end of the day. To me, I look at it like I invest in taking my clothes to the dry cleaner if I have to get ready for a job interview the next day or look nice. So to me, <laughs> an investment of what it would be a very small um, amount uh, in terms of what the return would be in dividends uh, is something that we, we need to take a look at. So I, I hope you take a look at that piece. But enough on that now. Um, I would like to uh, introduce again my first guest, the Reverend Dr. Richard Dannenfelzer. And again, he is a clinical psychologist and Presbyterian minister. Um, interestingly enough, we do not have a water fire this weekend, everybody. Our next full lighting is on um, October 25th, and that is in celebration of Brown University's 250th. And I'm just throwing that in there right now because you are also uh, Dr. Dan Felser, who I know is often referred to as Rev or the Rocking Rev. Um, you were the chaplain at Brown for quite some time, what, 15, yeah, that, 16 uh, years? Goes back, uh, further than I want to remember. Anyway, Bronwyn, uh, hello, hello, hello. And uh, in terms of uh, question number five, jobs, 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 yeah, which so is really important. So, I, you know, again, 
really you, you want to just give you I'm just glad the information's out Absolutely. there for people to access. Yeah. Um, but I want to welcome you on here. And, you know, the reason that I wanted to bring you on and actually just for reasons of disclosure, everybody, Richard also happens to be or Rev or the Rocking Rev or how many people or some people know him as Dick Dannenfelser. He's got many different names. He's also my husband. Um, but he's been a 10 year water fire volunteer. And again, because of your background, Rich, as a uh, Presbyterian minister, and um, as well as being a clinical psychologist, I thought it'd be neat to bring you on to kind of talk about, one, your history with water fire and <coughs> the different things that you see and what water fire means to you and, and really what you see both spiritually uh, mm-hmm. as well as what you see actually down on the river. So mm-hmm. can you give us a little background, one, about you and what you do at water fire and what brought you to water fire? You did. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I um I've been at Water Fire for as long as you have been, which is uh, in our ninth season to get, in our ninth season together. Um, and you know, I uh, go back uh, to when I was the chaplain at Brown um, because Barnaby uh, Barnaby Evans was a student of mine. And um, here's here's what um, uh, Water Fire means to me. And I know uh, you know when I preach. I always introduce and start off by saying, I know I'm preaching to the choir. That's because I want you to sing better. And, of course, they were going mm-hmm. to come back to me and say, okay, preacher, well, we want you to preach better. So I'm going to preach a little bit um, about um, about water fire. And um, I'm going to speak for myself because rather than with any about anybody or for anybody else. Uh, so this is kind of a personal witness. Um Water fire, um, the, the, the fires inspire uh, me. Um, and the, the, other, the other thing is for water fire, it, it um, connects for me. And I think I'll speak for some other people. It's more, water fire is more than an event or even a social or family occasion. Um, water fire is an experience. And it's what I call a WOW experience. I like acronyms. So WOW stands for Wonder of Awe and Wonderfulness. So Water Fire connects me uh, to a a resonance, uh, to to an awe-inspiring, ethereal, uh, uh, kind of an ethereal connection and, and synergy. So as a as a volunteer, that's my experience, and I think especially as I as I um, am on the boat dock for the for, for the for the guest boats, um, there's not a person who comes off uh, that half hour ride on the river who um, I do not uh, have a sense of a connection with them and their feeling. Uh, that this was really something very special. And the word that comes from these people, from the folks, is a sense of, uh, of awe and mystery. So, um, once again, the, the, the fires inspire. And I know also for veterans um, in, in last year's event um, that it was an event of community and connection and a kind of bonding uh, which has really never happened in um, in Rhode Island, as far as my experience in Rhode Island had ever happened before. 
So I think for me and also for a lot of my uh, veteran buddies, it also was a, an inspirational um, event. So um, for me, there's at the heart and center then of Waterfire for me in my experience um, is one of, um, of connecting to uh, something higher, um, something beyond a resonance who, because I'm a Presbyterian minister, um, I call um, God-given. And for me, Waterfire really is a, is a gift from God. Yeah, it's fine. That's what I wanted to ask you as a minister. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that we're going to have to take a break in about a minute, and we'll be able to talk about this more when we come back. But where do you, you must see that spirituality connect. And what does that mean to you? And then, again, as a clinical psychologist, watching all the people interact and well, what is the beauty that you see there? Um, so we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in about a, uh, a couple of minutes. Um, you're listening to AM790 Talk in Business. I'm sitting here talking to the Reverend Dr. Richard Dannenfelzer about his take on water fire and being a water fire volunteer and really what it means to him. Hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM 790, your station for talk in business. And I'm Bronwyn Dannenfelzer, and I'm sitting here with the Reverend Dr. Richard Dannenfelzer, um, who before the break we were speaking to about Waterfire. Again, uh, Dr. Dannenfelzer, or the Rev, as many people affectionately call him, I know at Waterfire, um, has been a Waterfire volunteer for 10 years, but because of his background as a clinical psychologist, uh, as well as a veteran, as well as um, a Presbyterian minister, really wanted to kind of get him on here to get his take uh, after being at Waterfire for 10 years as to what are some of the key words, uh, Richard, <laughs> that, that hit you when you think of Waterfire? Because you are down at that dock. So I know you were saying when I asked you, what is it that you do at Waterfire? Um, I know that you're down at the guest dock, always greeting people, but always talking and kind of observing the the audience or the event attendees. Um, well, I spoke about what the, I spoke what the meaning, uh, my take on the meaning of people who were on 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 that incredible um, uh, on the water f- uh, with fire. You know, water also uh, from the, from Christian doctrine point of view, as well for, as well as from a biblical point of view, water has to do with cleansing. It has to do with redemption. And I connect with cleansing and redemption, uh, especially because of um, my experience in combat. And uh, my life has been. Um, has been somewhat determined by God's grace as well as uh, forgiveness and redemption. And so I see that I, I see that not f- from my context, but I see that in the eyes. You know, water fire is is um, is so it's it's a synergy. You know, all of you are in every part of you. All of your senses, touch, taste, sight, sound, smell, are all a part of quote the experience. And um, I see that. I see that in the eyes and the movements. 
uh, the connections, people holding hands, putting their arms around each other, that sense of, uh, I think, um, what I call communitas or what Barnaby calls communitas, that's at the very heart and the soul of, of water fire. Well, I know because communitas, as Barnaby has uh, often told me, is many people experiencing the same thing at the same time or experiencing an event all at the same time. That's and what Carl Jung who was a mentor, a clinical mentor, called synchronicity. Synchronicity or synergy, yeah. Synergy and synchronicity, a, a coming together, a, um, oh, I don't know, a kind of an apothic uh, blending of, um, of a community of diverse peoples and experiences. And I'm going to ask this because I, well, you, you talked about water, and we know about the element of fire mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just spiritually, we don't even have to go down the Presbytery Road or just, just the element of fire um, being something that has got that transformative aspect to it. Um, and it's so elemental, but it, it can, it brings so many things. It gives fire. life and it can also bring death very quickly. Fire, fire, yes. Um, so it has to, we, we, we ha- in other words, if fire or if our passions, if our energies, if our muses, all right, our gifts, we have to be really be good spirit. We have to be good stewards of the gifts that our higher power um, uh, has given us. So it's a matter of stewardship, and it's taking care of yourself, and also uh, taking care of the environment and um, good, uh, the good creation that God has given us, as well as taking care of um, of all God's children. One of the things that is uh, a mentor for me at Yale was an um, theo- a ethical theologian by the name of uh, Richard Niebuhr. <clears throat> and he said that um, his credo, in other words, that which he gives his heart to, which also I am thoroughly committed to, Your credo is to increase love of God and neighbor. And you see, I think water fire is a gift from God. I believe that, and my favorite prayer is, if the only prayer you ever say in your life is thank you, that would suffice. So So, I'm, I'm absolutely thankful for the gifts of water fire. And my rev says for today is, uh, God, um, God wants um, the best that we have and uh, nothing left over. So this is uh, God's gift to all of us. So thank you, Waterfire. Well, I was going to say, considering all of your travels around the world, to have you ever experienced anything quite like what you see when you're at Waterfire between the um, different demographics of people? And again, there's like a mood shift and or, or all these different people experiencing different emotions. At the same time, so some are happy, some are sad, some are reflective. We know some are romantic, you know. Let me let me tell you, um, I went back to Vietnam about six or seven years ago, so I'm going to talk about an experience, not necessarily an event, as Waterfire is um, an experience for me. I went back to Vietnam and... Um, after ha- not having been there for pretty close to 30 years, and when you meet and when you meet and you greet a Vietnamese person, they will open their arms to you, and they will say, "Ho Bing Cao, Ho Bing Cao," 
And then when you leave, they will say, Ho Bing Kao, end. And it's not greeting or leaving. In German, it's called Auf Wiedersehen. But what it means in Vietnamese, savor the moment. And I think that's, you know, it's interesting. We don't have a lot of time left, and it goes so fast, doesn't it? But um, I want to talk. I'm just starting. I know you're just starting. Uh -uh. Um, Where do we get home? (laughs) This is a great way to lead into, uh, I've got Barbara Haynes coming on, and we will be doing the Water Fire Salute to Veterans, Mm -hmm. which I know that you were very active in helping me engage Vietnam veterans last year um, for. But can you tell me, as a Vietnam veteran, what that meant to you last year, uh, the Water Fire Salute to Veterans? Oh, it was a um, it was a bonding. Uh, it was a coming together, um, and that was um, long overdue. I was going to say you weren't naturally welcomed home. Were you? you know, you know, it's not it's not just being welcomed home. Um, it's also that there's some. There's some aspect that even though you have been in hell, uh, people in some way acknowledge that you've been in hell, and whether you've been in hell or not, they want to thank you for that. Best best thing you can do for, um, in terms of Vietnam veterans, um, and uh, I call your attention even right now, there are there are 20 suicides a day mm-hmm. in our military. So one thing we can all do is do something about it. Well, thank you, Richard, and thank you for everything that you do for Water Fire. Only one f- Water Fire miss that I'm aware of in the last 10 seasons. Uh-oh. So, uh, you know, thanks for all that you do, and I look forward to uh, your help with the salute to veterans that we've got coming up on November 8th. I'll be there. Hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to AM790, your station for talk in business. And we were just talking with the Reverend Dr. Richard Dannenfelzer about water fire, what it means to him. Um, and what was really great there at the end was he was talking about what it feels like as a Vietnam veteran, um, what it felt like last year when we actually started the salute to veterans, um, which brings me to my next guest, which I am just so excited to be able to introduce um, because she was the spearhead, um, I call her the mama of the committee, who brought everyone together. Um, it's Barbara Haynes, who is the market manager of Cumulus Media, but the president of the Rhode Island Broadcasters Association, and the chair of the executive committee of the Rhode Island uh, Water Fire Salute to Veterans. Uh, and you know... Hello, Barbara. Good afternoon, Bronwyn. How are you? Thanks for asking me to come in. I think, awesome. Well, you know, I think we've been working so hard. And I think, well, one, let's start with the beginning, because this is our second annual Waterfire Salute to Veterans. But I remember you calling me up last year, um, and anyone who knows Barbara would know that she is so highly involved in anything that has to do with veterans, um, whether I know it was the air show or whether it's the Women Warriors program, which we'll talk about. But I got this call. And there's one thing that we all recognize, especially on our committee, is that you can never say no to (laughs) Barbara Haynes. There's just something about the way she asks you a question. And she said, Bronwyn, uh, I was talking to somebody and I I, I heard that um, you might be thinking about doing something for veterans. So uh, let's go to lunch. And we did. And within a year, right, Barbara? Yeah, it was 
yeah, really? we, women's warriors. You came to that, and then the following November we had the first uh, waterfire salute to veterans. Yeah, which I think um, we can say was probably one of the largest celebrations of veterans in Rhode Island. I would agree that we've seen, and you pulled a lot of people together for that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to ask you to, one, what is it, first of all, about you, Barbara Haynes, that um, makes you so committed to veterans? Sure. Uh, as Bronwyn knows, I'm a military family. I grew up, uh, my father, 20 years in the Navy, uh, a couple of tours of Vietnam, and a lot of recall, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. He was on one of the ships. and So anyway, there's a lot of military in my upbringing. My husband is a 40-year veteran of Air Force, Air National Guard. And my son is uh, enlisted at 18 in the Air National Guard. And then after his education at Boston College, he became an officer with the United States Marines and is now a lieutenant waiting for his promotion to captain. So I've got a lot of military. And um, my husband was the wing commander after 9-11. And the first deployments of Rhode Island troops was on October the 4th. And my husband was the wing commander at that time. And family support had not really organized itself. So that uh, myself, as well as uh, the now tag is General McBride, his wife, Colleen. We were the first ladies, if you will, of the two, gen- of the two uh, men leading um, the forces. And so we ran family support. So I remember that, November, uh, that October 4th deployment, and it didn't stop from there. We had a lot, like, you know, I forget the statistic, but the majority of this current conflict, these conflicts in Iraq, Baghdad, Afghanistan, majority of it was fought with guardsmen. And so there was a ton of... Um, deployments and homecomings during my husband's tenure and I was the first lady and I got to meet so many amazing people and um, I am a very empathetic person and because I was so involved in their lives my empathy is just off the charts for what everyone went through mm-hmm. and uh, so anyway kind of long story so I'm military 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 through and through and uh, so I just think that it was easy to imagine um, a celebration, mm-hmm. and uh, so I could tell you more, but I feel like I'm babbling. So no, like, you're ba- not like how the celebration <laughs> came to be. You're not babbling at all because I think that background gives people a little bit of an insight um, as to kind of how this all came together. Again, we're we're walking into our area now of the second annual yes. salute to veterans, and for anybody who might have missed it last year. I'm just going to say we mm. knocked it out of the park. Yes, um, we did. We really did. We had 200 veterans um, in a torch procession, yes. processing from the State House, led yes, by the RME 88th Band and the Navy Band. And remember Slapshot, Admiral Ted Carter? Yes, I do. Um, and just the whole delegation. But it was it was really interesting today, Barbara, because I was talking to Mike Ritz from Leadership Rhode Island. Um, and one of the things he was telling me, one, was how important... Our event was last year, um, one with the Vietnam veterans and welcoming welcoming them home and doing something, but also the World War II veterans. We, okay. we really did something that touched every veteran, and I think I gave them the celebration that we believe they I deserved. Um, one of the things that I always uh, admired about you really pushing from the beginning was uh, – some of the different things that we would see at Waterfire. Um, and one of those was the resource fair. Well, mm. What was that that really kind of made you go, we need a resource fair, Bronwyn? Yeah, yeah. I think that um, information to the veterans about what's available to them, 
I think that we're getting better and better at it now, but I do know that for the Vietnam vets, uh, most particularly about the VA hospital and the resources inside the VA hospital, I think that it's not uh, commonly known. And so that I think that the resource center being there to help people understand their health care, uh, what can be provided by the VA is really important. And then also there's some really incredible people wanting to give housing to vets in need. Operation Stand Down Rhode Island is one of the organizations, but there's others as well. And by identifying yourself at the VA, if you are having homeless issues, issues of almost homeless, um, they can refer you to these organizations. And it, and it can be no matter what conflict, if you can present today, yeah. you know, from the Vietnam War, and they're going to find a place to stay. And that's really important. So the resource fair, I just think that, we had to do a better job of making sure that veterans out there knew what was available to them. Yeah, and I, I know that we're going to be um, having ESGR, which ESGR, um, helps with employment services. Very important. They were very important during the guard um, con- uh, guard deployments. That was really important because they employees support a guard and reserve is they advocate for the needs of the guardsmen from the employer, and it also celebrates the employers that are so generous to the guards people. And like Cardi's Furniture has won a national award from Employee Support of the Guard and Reserve, a Citizens Bank. These are people that went over and above yep. for uh, the families of the deployed during the conflicts, which was awesome. Was well, awesome. you know, I, I'm proud to say that the resource fair last year went so well yes. that it has doubled Bigger in size this year. So instead of just being on Steeple Street, we will have an entire resource fair that spans the Washington Street Bridge all the way up Washington yeah. Street this year, filled with over 20 different resources. Um, oh. I know that the VA is bringing, and I think you and I talked about this, this incredible photographer that any veteran, go down. Um, she's chronicling veterans and your families. She'll take a picture. Yeah, she's an amazing photographer that will be on the Washington Street Bridge. Um, and you'll be able to get a print of that picture right away. We're going to be doing the torch procession again. Um, Barbara, I know that one of the things that's very close to your heart is Gold Star Moms. Yes, they are. And I don't know that everybody out there knows really what a Gold Star family is. Would you, would you go hmm. and explain it, that a little it bit? It is. They are family members who have lost a loved one in the war. And um, they are, you know, again, they're, they're just amazing, amazing, amazing people that have survived a horrific loss. And uh, so anyway, they, they organize themselves. They, ha- you know, they have organizations that they involve Gold Star families. You know, they, you know, gather together. They attend each other's fundraisers and stuff. So they're a really active group. And uh, they're all more, like one more fabulous than the other, just fabulous group of people. I remember last year we had them um, carrying stars, and I know yes. they'll be doing that again. Yes, they will. Um, anybody that's out there and listening, uh, as we said, last year was our first um, salute yeah. to veterans, and of course now it's the second annual because yeah. there'll be another one next year and another one yeah. the year after. Um, yeah. If, if we've got thing. anything to say about yeah. it, right? I, yeah, right. Is uh, another great sight last year was to see the Navy all over downtown Providence. Oh, I know all those whites. You know, because like the history, Rhode Island military, you know, it, it had a very dominant presence of Navy. And, um, you know, to see them all out there, as you say, you know, they're in their service best. And, you know, it was just amazing to see that many Navy people downtown. And this year they're doing it again. They're busting in the, the younguns. You know, they're coming off that. And you can imagine if you guys recall the uniform, they'll probably be in their blues, right? Square. What are those called? Like, 
um, I can't remember, but they're adorable, and they got their white hats on. It's awesome. It was well, you know, and that was part of the beauty of the um, torch procession, and because it had active duty members yeah. as well as veterans from all ages. And I don't know, Old and great young. story, um, but do you remember this, Barbara? So we were all up at the state house. So everybody should know that before the procession begins, out on the steps of the state house, um, there's a wonderful address from, gosh, our delegates and mm-hmm. our keynote speakers. And, uh, again, th- we'll be putting those on the website. But we've got some really just incredible people up there, including General McBride. Yes. Um, and it's just a, it's an amazing view. But last year we were sitting at the State House checking everybody in for their torches, and this beautiful old gentleman showed up. And I think he was with his daughter, remember? Me and too. he was in... His original World War II yes, uniform. And his daughter said, my dad heard that you were doing this and really wanted to carry a torch. And we've got pictures of him, yes, too. We do. I want to put it out and say, who are you? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. We never, Let's try to find him, right? We never got his name. So, you know, I'm going to get a picture well, of him. It's a fabulous. I'm putting it on Facebook. But he was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and I know this year that we were looking at um, a couple of World War II yeah. veterans. Female. There's a uh, Navy wave of... Louisa White, who will speak at Women Warrior Luncheon, who will probably also be present the night of Waterfire. And uh, she represents for those women that were serving way back then in World War II. And I think there are a lot of women serving. And yeah. you know, when I've been to your Women Warriors Luncheon, which, by the way, happens on Veterans yep. Day. Yeah. And that where is that located? Quidnesset Country Club. And, and it, donated by uh, Quidnesset Country Club. So the luncheon is 100% of the money raised benefits. Uh, the Holly Shred Home, yep. which is a transitional house for women facing homelessness, women veterans facing homelessness. And it is uh, named after a female Marine, Holly Shred, who was killed in action. And uh, she was a Cranston East uh, hockey cheerleader, you know, like to conjure up just she was just a bundle of joy, just beautiful, beautiful girl. And uh, so anyway, it's in her honor and um, as well as it helps to fund the costs involved with those women setting up their apartments at uh, Holly Shred House. And I think if people go to Waterfire Salute to Veterans, one, they can start to see um, coming together the layout of the evening and and what we've got planned for the 8th. But there should also be a link so that people can buy tickets to the Women Warriors. And on salutetoveterans.com. Org, like, org, like yeah, yeah. Um, it does have a link where you can click on through to Women Warriors and purchase tickets yeah, there I, as well. You can you can purchase tables too, yep. right? If you're you a sponsor, can, that would be awesome. Yes, they could. And uh, yeah, corporate tables are a thousand dollars eight seats, and then the individual tickets are fifty dollars a ticket. Well, and I'm, it's fabulous. It's it's a it's it's a fabulous living history of women in the military during war. And uh, it's fabulous. Yeah, but, I, I remember going mm-hmm. um, last, I've been for the last two years, um, but the, the women that get up and speak mm-hmm. are such amazing. incredible testimonies. they amazing? And they're yeah. Old Islanders. Like, Even better. Yeah. Like last year, there was a woman, Army aviator, uh, did medvac flights, and like you heard her, I mean, unbelievable what that woman did. You know, like mm-hmm. she's... Bayview graduate, went to Notre Dame, leaves Notre Dame, delivers her degrees to the military, army. They train her in helicopter pilots, and suddenly she's going in to pick up the most injured people of the conflicts. And she's she talked that day about what it took out of her to get ready to do that. 
Yeah. And uh, amazing young woman. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And then this year, too, you know, Louisa White will tell about why she joined, you know, told her father at the dinner table that she wanted to join the Navy mm-hmm. in World War II. And then there's a Army Guard medic uh, uh, who's going to tell the story about she did a couple of tours in Afghanistan. So that they're the great stories. stories. Must be amazing. They are, you yeah. know, because I heard Richard speaking of it, too, is it defines them, you know, like surviving or growing through the military. I've only been family support to the people that have gone to war. And uh, it changes them. Yeah. Well, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting because last year, and I know we're doing this again, but our World, World War II veterans, there there aren't that many left. No, there are so absolutely to have them down at Waterfire and to participate. Last year they yeah. came down, remember, we laid the wreath at yeah, the World did. War II monument. And, and I remember when I had tears in my eyes was when they were doing the service songs. Like mm-hmm. you have the full Navy band, the Army 88th, and they're doing the service songs. And, you know, I think it's less than 1% of the population serves in the military. Yep. But, like, the percentage of the people there in that population was much higher than that. Yep. And you heard the service songs going, and you're watching people stand and hold a salute, and World War II guys and Vietnam guys and the current guys it, and women. It was just, it was amazingly strong. And then remember the fire trucks that had the flag assembled? And we're going to have that again this yep. year. And then it just, it just made you feel so proud. And even if you're not in the military, you should come experience that pride. It just... It's just, you know, there's so many emotions that night, and pride is a very, 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 very dominant one. Well, Mike Ritz put it the best. He goes, I call it the gauntlet. And I said, well, what are you calling the gauntlet? He said, when I came down with that torch, and he was with a a fellow um, veteran, and he said, and you hit that area right at the outside of Water Place, and you come in, and we really were there. People are cheering yes, everyone are. on, and that's usually not the beginning of water fire no. with people being all kind of rowdy and cheering yes. people on. But it was so incredible, and I know this year we're looking to have um, the actual ceremonies in the beginning last longer with yes. more patriotic songs because I don't think anybody wanted to leave. No, everyone they did not. wanted more patriotic stuff. And the one thing that I'd like to put out there as well is, you know, we have to thank the people that helped th- to put this on, and the Rhode Island Broadcasters Association yes. has been an incredible. Right. partner of ours. Great organization. But Alex and Ani, um, they're coming back this year, and they're going to have... So Washington Street is all a resource there, and then Alex and Ani is going to be providing a stage on Steeple Street. Yeah. So, you know, starting at 4 in the afternoon, Barbara, people can come down, and we're going to get more into detail about the resource fair in some future shows and, and be talking to some people that are actually part of the resource fair, but... Then Alex and Ani has got some really great musicians and talent mm-hmm. on Steeple Street. So you stop there on your way down to Memorial Park where, again, all of the monuments will be um, lit. And as we know, there's not a Vietnam uh, monument there. So we make our own yes, welcome did. home That's tent. Yeah, awesome. And we're going to be doing that again. So I want to thank Walmart and Alex and Ani and Bank of America and Textron and Banneker Industries, which is taking that torch procession from last year, yes. and they've given us even more to make it a 300-person torch procession. Exactly. But if you could, now, Barbara, have one favorite moment that you had to pick out of the whole evening, what would it be? Last year's one favorite yeah. moment. It was definitely the procession, watching the torchbearers come down while the bands were playing, and it was all patriotic songs, and it was just amazing. And also, you know, because of the group formed, 
like it was it was good work it was hard work and it was fast and they were the right people and everyone executed I was just so proud and I loved watching my husband who and is very similar to other husbands in the military and wives in the military they're very humble people and remember Kathy Sullivan don't mm-hmm. make a big fuss over me right yep. but I know what they felt when they were coming down there Peter she Gaynor looked great she, in her uniform and she had to be in her skirt and her <laughs> heels it was very fun um, but I mean I was just yeah that was my favorite part because they're humble people and they're doing that for their families because their families wanted to celebrate them and yep. wanted to bring them to show them off and to you know military families are very pride and you know, we should we should applaud those families because they hold the members up, and that's what makes it possible to have the forces that we have. And but again, watching that procession was just amazing. You know, very well, grateful. I, I am so grateful. One that very I grateful. received that phone call oh, yeah, from you, you and you know, got caught in what we call Barbara's web. Yeah. Well, and I heard then, you bringing in faith earlier, right? And I just I was so compelled to do that. You know, just like to build. I want Veterans Day celebration in the state of Rhode Island to be the loudest in the nation. I think you've started that movement. Yeah, and I think that you too want that. And then, okay, you had to call in the Marines for this. You really did have to call the Marines in. (laughs) There's a gentleman that runs the Providence Emergency Management, a guy named Peter Gaynor, who is retired uh, Marine Corps colonel. Uh, just crazy accomplished and how organized is he he keeps yeah. we creative types like he makes us accountable for how are you going to do that specifically Lori Needham <laughs> right, there you go. Cody that's right. our group there you and go. you know for anybody that wants more information on how to participate just to either sponsor or you know what we are still uh, we've got openings for torchbearers yes, stationery and processing go to waterfiresalutesveterans.org and uh, check it out see there's also resources on there and then click on that woman warriors luncheon and buy yes, a please. ticket <laughs> thank you so much Barbara thank you that was fun and you've been listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM 790 your station for talk and business bye bye